After 645 days, fans swarmed back into Kinnick Stadium uh, to see a top 20 showdown between Iowa and Indiana. David Eichel here, HawkeyeInsider.com, along with my colleague Sean Bach. And Sean, I mean, I think we both knew we were going to have one of the best games of the weekend, at least we thought going into it. But this was Iowa's game straight from the get-go. I I mean, I, I know you and I both picked Iowa to win, but in the dominating fashion that they did, I mean, it was it was a very interesting game to watch. And when you look on paper, besides the you know the, the Riley Moss interceptions, Indiana didn't play horribly. I mean, you look at the time of possession, you look at the yardage, you look at what they really allowed Iowa to do. Um, but big plays, I think Iowa limiting big plays and having big plays of their own and that ball hawking secondary, that secondary that got beat <laughs> during the fall scrimmage came out uh, in full force as Iowa won 34 to six. So Sean, let's just go back and forth on this. Uh, n- not Certainly not what I think you or I expected. Yeah, this game, uh, as we kind of talked about during the post game, had Phil Parker written all over it. Riley Moss mentioned it during the post game. I mean, you have to acknowledge Moss's two interceptions. They were very, really impressive ones, too. One of them, he jumped the pass. And what was the other one? Was it – did he jump the first one, too? The first the first one, the 30-yard one, it was off the receiver's hands, but it was a heads-up play because he was right. running and he kind of caught the ball behind him and then just sprang to the end zone. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, like just Phil Parker, like just, pre, just being able to, I guess, establish a play – a game plan that would work as effectively as it did. And, you know, I, I, call, I saw a couple of tweets on Twitter um, regarding Indiana's game plan and how, you know, Iowa was able to scheme it perfectly. I mean, yes, yeah, Stephen Carr was a former five-star running back, but Indiana's run game was a huge question going into the season. And, you know, I think Iowa also got pretty lucky with the offensive line performance that Indiana had. It wasn't wasn't great. Um, couple, you know, penalties here and there, couple holdings, just things that, you know, wouldn't you wouldn't really expect from an Indiana offensive line that seemed to be, you know, I wouldn't say a strength, but would you would expect to perform a little bit better um going into this season. And you know they didn't. Iowa took advantage of it and, you know, they just came over with the victory. And I think a lot of things went right for them defensively. Um, you know, we'll talk about offense as well, but I think this is one of those games where you got to look at the Iowa defense and be like, okay, like there's reason to believe that all the hype, all the, you know, just talk around the secondary in the back end going into the season was was legit. And this is one of those games where I think Iowa really matched up well with the team against Indiana. I, I mean, you know, going into this one, I was a little worried about Indiana's passing attack and how they would attack yeah. Indi- or Iowa. You know, I think Indiana really did a good job of finding the holes when Iowa went into a zone defense. But when Iowa went man-on-man press coverage, um, you know, Indiana had a really tough time getting anything going. And Penix is a type – or Penix is a type of guy that needs to get in rhythm, needs to, you know, set his feet um, and get, you know, into that rhythm. Because, I mean, his passes aren't really, you know, the most accurate at times. So, Mm -hmm. all in all, like – <clears throat> really, really good win if you're Iowa. I mean, you talked about it earlier. No one really expected to blow them out the way they did. But I thought the game plan 
and just the way that Iowa was able to scheme against the Hoosiers was really, really impressive. And, you know, it's something that we come to expect with Phil Parker and Kirk Ferentz. I mean, not to say that, like, we didn't expect it going into this game, but I don't know how effective we thought it would be. You know, I thought they'd have a good game plan, Sean, but the reality is you still got to go out and execute it. And there are so many variables that we've really never – just different variables that's unlike a common game. I mean, this was, this was Spencer Petras's first game starting – uh, with fans in attendance, I think that played a factor. And, you know, one of my things, too, I think I mentioned this earlier in the week when I was starting to get re kind of reintegrating the site and everything, Sean, I was curious how Penix was going to look when he came out because, you know, keep in mind, he hasn't played in a live football game. He hasn't taken real contact since that injury. So I said if Iowa had gotten pressure on him early in the game, was that going to rattle him for the rest of the game? And I think something that really impressed me, Sean, defensive line I still think has a lot of work to do, but you saw flashes. Lucas Van Ness, I thought, had a really nice sack. John Wagner, I think, played his best game as a Hawkeye. Uh, Joe Evans had some pressure. Zach Van Valkenburg really didn't do too much, but he was a constant guy on the edge. He had a pair of quarterback hits, and that's really what you needed. They got solid play out of their linebacking corps. And the secondary, I mean, Sean, they had three picks, but – Let's be real. They could have had six or seven. I, and it's it's kind of crazy to think about that when you think about all the dropped interceptions. And by the way, I did get a chance to look over that Dane Belton interception. I don't know how he caught that. That was an incredibly impressive interception, especially while essentially getting blocked by the Hoosier running back. So all in all, I think Phil Parker put together a great game plan. Uh I mean, I, I wasn't sure how Stephen Carr was going to be able to do. Like you mentioned, there was that running kind of question mark uh, for the Indiana rushing attack. Iowa thirty-one uh, gave up 31 carries, 77 yards, two and a half yards in attempts. They'll take that every day of the week. Penix, 14 to 29 for 156 yards. No touchdown score in the game. And, Sean, the thing that I like, though, they talked about purveying the big plays. They did it well for the most part, but it was the response after giving up a big play. You think about – I think they had the 32-yarder and the 33-yarder. Both, I think, went to Freifogel. That got them in the Iowa red zone twice. And then Iowa's defense get three and out of them the next two times and forced a field goal in both those situations. It was the bend-don't-break mentality. And, you know, they have an experience group, but, I mean, they really buckled down when they needed to. Yeah, and I thought I thought the pass rush could have been a little bit better from time to time. I thought Iowa was pretty effective in getting in the backfield um, when it needed to. I think it could have been a little more consistent, but I mean, all in all, I mean, I think it was more impressive than what we, what we considered it to be. I mean, I want to go, I want to talk about the offense here too, because we focus on the defense, but yeah, I mean, I think the offense, I think, you know, it looked better in the first couple of drives, but then as the game went on, you kind of saw, you know, shades of last year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say shades of last year, but you saw some, some moments that, you know, kind of reminded you of last year a little bit in Petrus' struggles, but also like the ground game. I think the offensive line is one of the areas that needs to get better um, a little bit considering, you know, it wasn't as effective as maybe it could have been. Yeah. But I also think when you look at Indiana, their defensive line has two guys from the SEC that look like SEC football players. They are really impressive athletes. And I thought they they did a pretty good job against Iowa. And but I mean Indiana's defense 
when you look at the big picture, they're they're going to be one of the top teams in the Big Ten East this year yeah. when it comes to defense. Offense, I think there could be still some, you know, leaps they have to make, but defensively, they're a really good team, and that comes into play when you consider Iowa had what two offensive touchdowns against them. They had the Spencer Peters quarterback run, then they had the Tyler Goodson fifty-six yard scamper, which I think came on the fourth play of the game. Uh, right. Yeah, and those are the two. Caleb Shudak had what two field goals? We had a 40, and- we had a forty-one yarder. Excuse me, he had a forty-one yarder and a, a thirty-five yarder. Yeah. So I mean, Iowa Iowa threatened from time to time on offense, like outside of those two opportunities or outside of those two touchdowns that they had. But I mean, you look at Goodson, I think the stat is outside of that run, he averaged like two point eight yards per carry on the game. And that's not that's not necessarily ideal. And Ivory Kelly Martin, I think, was like eight for 44. So he carries 44 yards and had a long of 22. And that resulted in a fumble. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think there were encouraging steps. I want to, I want to say that first. I think there were encouraging steps with the way that Petrus seemed more poised in the pocket. I think there were a couple times where, you know, you could see the frustration in Tyrone Tracy's face. Yeah. That Petrus missed him. And, I Kelly Martin too downfield on that yeah. one. They underthrew him, but I mean he was wide open. I mean I, I I don't know where Spencer's eyes were. I haven't gone back on the film on that yet, Sean. But you saw right what I did right. I mean he was completely wide open the entire route. Yeah, he was he was definitely wide open. You know that that happens from time to time, but you know you don't see it as like. In the top quarterbacks, I'm not saying Spencer yeah. was the top quarterback. Yeah, I'll say this: T- Tracy was beating his cornerback too, and that's a legit Indiana secondary. So, I mean, I think you need to take into account that might be a good sign for Tracy going forward. And I know Iowa tried to get him involved in the run game just so he could get his touches. You got to look for Tracy, though. I-, I think, I think, I think Petrus got really comfortable looking at his safety valve and Sam Laporta, and Laporta had a career high, 80, 83 yards. Yeah, uh, today, but. You know, Iowa's receiver play still – they have the talent, but they need that consistency, and Peters has to look for him, I think, a little bit more. Right. I mean, Tyrone was targeted five times, and he had two receptions. Mm-hmm. But I think you can make a case that he should have been targeted at least like eight or nine times. Yep, I agree. And Tyler Goodson had two receptions. Those were more like, you know, check downs, I think. Charlie Jones had one. Nico Regani had two. Lucas Shea had one, and then – Laporta had five. So, you know, I think, you know, I think the passing game can get there. I liked what I saw from Peters. I mean, taking into account, there were a couple of drops as yep. well with some of the guys. Yep. I, I think people are going to look at the completion percent, Sean, and just get, you know, just assume everything based off that. But people got to realize this too. There is such thing as a good incompletion throwaways to avoid a sack. I thought Petrus did a much better job of getting rid of the football this year as opposed to last year. Because remember last year, he would just hold it, hold it, hold it, and try to force it when it wasn't there. So I think that was a big step in the right direction. And then in the first quarter, I think he ended like two, three of six, I think. But two of them were obvious drops. I mean, they hit him right in the hands. Laporta had one. And was it Tracy that had the other drop in that first quarter? I believe so. I think it was Tracy. I'll need to go back and look at the film. Uh, but 
As far as his poise and confidence in the pocket, Sean, I think he looked worlds better, and I didn't see a lot of happy feet. I think the biggest thing that Spencer needs to improve upon, I thought he did a good job escaping the pocket, but he does not reset his feet after he escapes the pocket. He tries to make the throw on the run instead of just setting back up and and going through his fundamentals. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I would say that's, that's fair. That's a fair assumption or fair, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I think he tries to not – he knows he isn't, you know, to be the best athlete once he escapes the pocket. He has a good arm. I think if he can just learn how to reset his feet uh, after he escapes the pocket, I think that would go a long way. But as far as managing a game, I think he did fine. And I know people are going to be a little bit nervous, but, but I think people need to take into account. It is a team game. Tory Taylor, by the way, is just – insane he had a couple punts that i thought were absolutely ridiculous um shudak was good so i mean the iowa special teams i think as a collective unit is gonna be one of the best in the country the secondary is proving they're gonna be one of the best in the country but petrus is a team game and petrus did enough today for the win and i liked a lot of things i saw as opposed to last year but we won't get down this rabbit hole sean he has to play his best game next week because Iowa State is going to come for blood and they are woken up after what the close call against Northern Iowa at home. And especially with college game day there again, which was just announced as of about 15, 20 minutes ago, this that's going to be a, a, a huge opportunity for Petrus and, and Iowa to really get some confidence going forward. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, I think Petrus will get there. Um, honestly, like after this game, like I know, you know, there's been a lot of talk in the offseason about how he's been able to improve and how he's been able to grow on last year. But, you know, I think there were some positives that you can take away from this, like in terms of how he performed. He looked more poised, I think. I think he had better touch on his balls. I know he missed. I know he overthrew a couple. But I think he just looked more poised in the pocket. And, you know, you mentioned it too. Like a couple of the missed passes were just drops, just straight-up drops. And they were some that he threw away. I think that run they had for a touchdown kind of showed that confidence a little bit more, which I thought was was pretty encouraging. But, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it too with next week, Iowa State. That's going to be – that's going to be one that you really got to come ready for because Iowa State, they're pretty – I mean, I know – you know, what happened today, obviously they've struggled with Northern Iowa in the past. But I think this Iowa State team might match up a little more better, might match up better than, say, an Indiana does with Iowa. I'm, you know, my thing is, and we talk, I'll, I'll get, I'll expand on this point later in this week, Sean, then we'll wrap up and just give us some final thoughts about this game. I'm very interested to see how Iowa State and Iowa come out because Iowa State's going to be favored. I think Iowa, despite winning the last you know few, 
they're going to have a giant chip on their shoulder because everybody has been talking about Iowa state, not Iowa this off season. I know the players and all that do a good job of, you know, trying to suppress all of that, but everyone knows it does creep through the walls. It just does. And I think that if there is one game that they get up for both teams, it's going to be Iowa, Iowa state. They, they hate each other. It's a good rivalry. And I think there's going to be extra adrenaline with all the national attention on it, but I'll say this. I think Tyler Goodson did show some good things today. I, I, I really liked what I saw out of Petrus as far as taking steps forward just to grow. Don't look at the stat sheet too much and assume too much. You got to look at the way they got those stats and the way they progressed through the game. I liked what I saw out of Petrus. He does need to complete a couple more deep passes. He's got to get the wide receivers involved. The O-line I actually thought did better, did better than I thought they would. Um, against that Indiana front. The D-line played a little bit better, but the secondary lived up to it. And, you know, all in all, Sean, at the end of the day, it's a 28-point win over what was a preseason top 20 team and what's going to be a legitimate Big Ten team going down the stretch. So cautiously optimistic, Iowa took care of business, but, you know, as as fun as it is for them to win and what, what they're feeling right now and as good as Iowa fans probably feel, it all has to be flushed out Sunday and Monday because the real opportunity is what's going to come next week in Ames, Iowa. Yeah, and I think this was just a stepping stone to get there too. I think this is a big, definitely a big confidence booster going into next week if you're Iowa, you know? I think it has to be. I mean, I, I you know, again, you'd be a preseason top 20 team. And the thing is too, Sean, you got to look at the progression that they made in Iowa answer question marks. But again, I'm very interested to see what Iowa state does coming out. I think we're going to learn much more about this Iowa team next week than we learned this week. Not because we have sample size, but as far as what type of team Iowa truly is going forward, we're going to learn, I think this week, but I will say this, Iowa took care of business this week and it goes in. Let's, let's compare it to big 10 play just for a second. Wisconsin lost Minnesota lost Northwestern lost. So to all Big Ten teams, by the way. So three of those teams who are, I think, the top three contenders in the West outside of Iowa all already have a loss. And that will be something to monitor, I think, going forward. Yeah, that's a good point. Is, in, is Illinois still on the ropes right now as we're recording this? I believe last time I checked. Yeah, they're down, they're down, they're down 37 to 30. With, one with 27 left. seconds left in the fourth quarter. Wow. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. But I mean, we all knew that uh, Illinois wasn't going to play too much of a factor this year. <laughs> um, well, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, yeah. That's just interesting. So all in all, I mean, Sean, any final thoughts? I think we've hit on about everything. Oh, by the way, just an update. I think everybody already knows this, but it's still worth mentioning Tyler Linderbaum is fine. And he made that very apparent in his post-game yeah. press conference. <laughs> uh, he took a helmet to the thigh. But, I mean, he played the rest of the game. So, I mean, it was very interesting, Sean. I don't think I've ever heard a stadium go so quiet when an offensive lineman was down on the ground, especially yeah, after with, a touchdown. I'm with you there. Yeah. That was definitely very, very quiet. And for good reason, too. I mean, that that guy was a beast on the offensive line. I'm really, I'm really interested to see how the pro football focus grades come out. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Uh 
I think Justin Britt did pretty well. I really like Mason Richmond. He did get beat a couple times, and Petrus paid the price on the back end of it. But I think Richmond has a really, really good skill set. He's just got – he's got the toolkit to be a really, really good tackle for Iowa. So I'm interested in his progression. Uh, But, you know, the reality is the young linemen passed the first test, Sean, but Cyclones are going to be a a different beast next week, I think. And, you know, we'll have you all covered at HawkeyeInsider.com. But, I mean, we'll have our report card out tomorrow or Monday, Sean. But, I mean, really what – too much? it's one of those things where, like, we have 60 minutes of football to take away, but we also don't want to assume too much. I think it's, yeah. like you said, I think it's a good stepping stone, but there's still so much we're going to learn about this team. I don't think we've really seen what any player can do on a consistent basis. Um, I got a lot of questions, but as far as where this team is compared to where I thought they would be at this point in time, Sean, I mean, they're, they're farther ahead than I thought for sure. Most definitely. That was a very, very impressive win to start it off. I I think Indiana's going to be a good team in the Big Ten East, but I think the way Iowa was able to show what it could do, that was honestly the most impressive part. I, I would say it's one of the more impressive week one victories in college football. I think, yeah, I think it has to be too. And Definitely uh, in the Big Ten. You also got to give a shout-out to Montana, though, because they just beat Washington, mm-hmm. which is – that is true as well. Yikes. Um, yeah. But, Sean, any other final thoughts? I mean, we're going to be so busy over these next seven days, and it's going to be the most highly anticipated Cyhawk game in, in the history of the series for sure. And I'll leave it this way. If Iowa – this is going to be a lot of ifs over the next week or so, Sean, but if Iowa wins this next week, I mean, we're talking about one of those years. I mean, look at the way the schedule lines up. It'll be if very Iowa, interesting to see how they come out next week. If they can go 4-0 in September, then we can start talking about that, I think. I mean, yeah, it'll it'll be a lot of fun. Um, but Hawkeye and Sarah will have you totally covered. But, uh, Sean, last chance, any further comments? Or uh we all set till uh, everything starts up tomorrow? I think we're all set. I think, you know, I think you guys should pay attention to the site. Um, tomorrow we'll have a – Bunch of good stuff. We'll be able to watch it over a second time, which will be crucial and kind of gather more thoughts. Like it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird analyzing a game in person. Um, I thought it was kind of just weird, like talking about it. Honestly, yeah. it it's always funny to me though too, because like I love I like doing these, Sean. But at the same time, it's also like I will listen back to our stuff, and then I'll rewatch the game, and I'm just like, there's so much you you can miss, especially as a yeah. writer, because. You're like for us, we're updating message boards. We're having, you know, our, our gamer game recap, right? We're doing our live updates. So it's like, you're trying to multitask so much and it's actually a lot harder to like gather every single detail that happens throughout a game. Like I learned more by far rewatching the game on TV than I do during the game. Yeah. I'm with you there. That's definitely a very uh, true, true statement. So but yeah, David Eichholt, Sean Bach. Be sure to follow us at David Eichholt, E-I-C-K-H-O-L-T, and at sbach247 and Hawkeyes on 247, hawkeyeinsider.com. We will be back this week to preview the most highly anticipated Cyhawk game in history. Uh, college game day is going to be there, so we're going to have a lot of fun content from that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good week. Good to see all of you again today, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. The wait is over. 
The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.